Hey everyone, welcome to another Performante podcast. This is episode 70. We're definitely getting up there. Today is November 15th, 2021. My name is Keith. We got our uh, good friend Nathan here as well. And in this video or in this podcast, we'll be going over a little bit of bearish news that's happening within the overall cryptocurrency market. And we'll go over some new stories involving the kind of reasons why we're seeing that little bit move to the downside, not really associated with the stock market, with Elon Musk dumping his $5 billion worth of shares. And we'll talk about our personal outlook for the end of the year and kind of how we're seeing the market at the end of the podcast there. So thank you very much for tuning in. First one, we're gonna be talking a little bit about planting trees with certain miners. We'll then talk about AMC, officially accepting certain cryptocurrencies. We'll go and talk about the metaverse a little bit and how these institutions and government entities are actually interested in the metaverse. We're then gonna talk about a little bit of kind of an interesting news story where the US constitution is getting purchased. And then we'll end off the podcast talking about some of the reasons why we are seeing a little bit of a move to the downside and how Marathon Digital is actually um, getting a subpoena from the SEC. So thank you very much for tuning in and I'll hand it over on to Nathan for the first topic. So we just have a bit of a wholesome story coming at you guys first. Uh, this is concerning Bitcoin mining. For those who know, Bitcoin mining is notoriously hard on the environment because of its power consumption and its overall impact in terms of how much energy these actually demand. But this new Bitcoin mining firm called Mawson Infrastructure Group revealed its plan to revealed its intent to plant 53,000 trees in 2022. This number is very specific because it is one for every block created on the Bitcoin blockchain in 2022. So a bit of symbolic meaning to that specific number. Uh, the company's mission, specifically this Mawson Infrastructure Group, is to become the leading global digital infrastructure provider. And it pledges to get there via an environmentally sustainable route. We're aiming for net zero emissions by 2030. Pretty interesting to see that adoption uh, because that really is one of the main bottlenecks with Bitcoin mining and proof of work protocols is that very energy intensive and anything that is very energy intensive does require a lot of carbon to be created. Obviously, unless you do have that green power that so many are trying to integrate with their Bitcoin mining setups. Uh, it is nice to see this kind of shift towards green crypto, specifically from that proof of work to proof of stake model that we know and love so well. Uh, it's really wholesome to see that integration between the environment and Bitcoin miners. Definitely. Moving on right into the next topic, uh, still kind of keeping a little bit more of a bullish sentiment here. We're going to be talking about how AMC has officially began accepting cryptocurrencies for payment and the cryptocurrencies that they are actually now able to accept is, I'm just going to list them now. We got BTC, we got ETH, we got Bitcoin Cash, we got Litecoin. And they also revealed that Doge and Shiba will be added soon, which is a, a pretty exciting thing for those meme coin uh, activists or uh, holders or investors, basically. And it's kind of interesting to see how AMC is maybe not so much anymore at this point, but I still value it as a meme stock, really. And you kind of see similar characteristics of people that invest in both the crypto realm because it's volatile, it's a little bit speculative compared to some of the, um, I would say more like blue chip investing, stuff like that. And obviously AMC is kind of a 
a meme stock in terms of the interest from the Wall Street bets crowd and the Reddit crowd. So it does make sense in terms of opening up the transactions for cryptocurrencies to get accepted. There's positive news. There is increasing positive sentiment for AMC. So definitely, I think it's a positive news and it doesn't really hurt the company by providing transactions for a reduced cost compared to things like MasterCard or Visa. And kind of a little bit of a surprising statistic here that uh, they already came out with. And they say that they already have 14% of the total online transactions for AMC in crypto. So that is very surprising to say the least. And uh, I think it will grow over time. I don't exactly know what the credit card rates are uh, for like Visa and MasterCard, but they're in the one and a half, two percent. And obviously crypto is a lot less overall in terms of transaction cost if you are looking at very large scale transactions, if you're adding them all up. So really great to see. Um, Not much more to talk about. I think the main ones are going to be the uh, large cap cryptos like Bitcoin and Ethereum is going to be fantastic. I don't think not many people are going to be using like Litecoin, Bitcoin Cash, stuff like that. But as time goes on, I do think that a lot more companies are going to be opening up the door for cryptos to be accepted just because there's going to be so much demand for people wanting to actually utilize cryptos to pay for movie tickets or products or you name it. It's pretty interesting. Like, for example, the Mavericks uh, for Mark Cuban also accepting cryptocurrencies as well. So you do see these larger corporations adopt crypto into their payment gateways. So that's fantastic. And it'd be interesting to see who else is going to open up the payment gateways for crypto next. Yeah, 100%. I think AMC and GME both got caught up in that meme stock fiasco in February 2021. Uh, And obviously, there is a lot of speculation about GameStop creating their own gasless NFT exchange and partnered with Loopring. And now we're seeing AMC kind of lean on the cryptocurrency fanatics to boost their revenue and uh, increase movie ticket sales. And ultimately, these two companies are just looking for a sympathy play on the crypto market, get some PR going, and really change the momentum of their respective companies by leveraging this technology. Super interesting to see them kind of pivot from, I don't want to say archaic business models, but archaic business models to something a little bit more streamlined and leveraging the technology that they have available. And so in that note, talking about leveraging technology, obviously metaverse and the digital economy are words that are all being thrown around very regularly. But we're seeing a tropical country, Barbados, claiming some land in Decentraland. Decentraland is basically a digital world. The ticker is called MANA, where people can buy uh, real estate in this digital world. And virtual people live virtual lives entirely on a screen. Basically, you just exist online. And this real estate is notoriously pricey. I think the cheapest land you can buy right now is around 16000 US dollars for your plot. And we're actually seeing Barbados's metaverse embassy will be the center of activities to advance the growth of the stronger bilateral relationships with governments globally. There isn't really specific use cases that they said will take place in their metaverse embassy, but it's interesting seeing this pivot where now Barbados essentially has an embassy online where in theory, I think you'll actually be able to talk to government employees or something to that effect and be able to uh, contact and deal with the Barbados embassy as if you were actually there, which is a pretty interesting thing when it comes to consultation services or asking casual questions. 
it empowers individuals to get the information they need without actually having to go to the Barbados embassy. And this kind of puts pressures on other countries because this decentralizes information in some sense because people have to go to embassies for very specific things like visas and travel permits and work visas and stuff like that. And so by shifting this online, it could increase accessibility when we are heading towards a digital economy. Well, really, really solid points. Um, no one likes waiting in a line for hours, and that's usually the case for any government documentation or anything, at <laughs> least. Step is uh, driver licensing on the metaverse. Because anytime yeah. you go there, you know you're going to wait a fucking hour for anything you want to do, right? <laughs> Honestly, you go there with a dead phone and you're basically hating yourself for sure. Um, so let's kind of talk a little bit more about some of the other potential plays. Uh, we just talked about Decentraland. Really, really interesting. But uh, if you do recall us talking about other projects that are focused on the metaverse, they have talked about how they're looking to connect with more than just the single virtual world of Decentraland. And the next possible play that could be coming is the Sand Token, the Sandbox. It's called Out of the Sandbox is the project itself. And it's also built on the Ethereum blockchain, on the Ethereum network, and pretty similar in terms of like you can purchase real estate and they got a whole marketplace there. So if they are saying that they want to diversify their real estate holdings in the digital world to more than just one project, I think Sand Token could be a really good opportunity where you're kind of front running the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade for Barbados, which is a crazy thought that uh, you're front running a... Uh, an entity that is in foreign affairs and foreign trade talking about digital real estate, but uh, that is the world we live in. And I think it could provide a lot of uh, a reduction in friction, like Nathan said, about all the do uh, documentation and regula regulations that we currently have. And it just takes an absolute eternity to get anything done. So hopefully this will speed up the process and make things more efficient. So definitely some positive things there. And also the fact that the Facebook meta platform isn't the only place people are going to be looking at because, you know, in five, ten years time, if meta is going to succeed in becoming the monopoly of the metaverse, you're going to see, like, for example, the Barbados Ministry, and Foreign, uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Foreign Trade on Facebook's meta. But if you're seeing these decentralized applications that aren't as... Uh, monopolized like Facebook, I think it's an extremely positive thing. It's going to create an environment where it's a lot more fair and you don't just have a single individual Zucks controlling the entire metaverse, which is the complete opposite of what we're looking for. So definitely keep an eye out on Sand, the token, because if we do see any other government entities buying up land, that could be another opportunity there. Yeah, so, we uh, limit the power that the lizards at Facebook have over <laughs> Right? <laughs> so true. Yeah, definitely. Uh, hopefully that doesn't happen. And I think um, the crypto community is in a position where we truly understand where the kind of metaverse should be going. And I think enough people are pushing for that decentralized economy that hopefully we're not going to get Zucks to uh, basically control the entire metaverse. So moving on to a uh, little more interesting news, I would say. Um, the U.S. Constitution is uh, getting purchased. It's not going to be the U.S. Constitution, but it's kind of like a copy. They initially started with 10 internet friends just talking about a DAO, it's just a decentralized autonomous organization, uh, basically purchasing the U.S. Constitution for $20 million. And at this point now, there is a community of over 8,000 strong on Discord, which is a pretty unbelievable thing. And um, 
a little bit more information on it. They've attracted nearly $4 million just in donations and the Constitution DAO, which is the organization trying to purchase the Constitution, uh, now actually believe they have a real chance at actually winning the forthcoming auction at uh, Sotheby's, is I believe the way you say it there. But pretty unbelievable um, that just a group of individuals, a decentralized autonomous organization, is able to raise capital through decentralized means in order to purchase something that is obviously extremely important to the U.S. Uh, what are your thoughts there, Nathan? Yeah, it's interesting to see this kind of congregation of DGENs online. We've seen <laughs> similar purchases before. For example, there's one called Pleaser DAO. Um, they purchased a one-of-a-kind Wu-Tang album as well as a $5 million charity NFT from Edward Snowden. And we've seen other DAOs, like for example, the Doge, the Doge meme, like that original OG picture of that Shiba, that got auctioned off to a DAO, which then got fractionalized. So realistically, the power of one is so limited, but the power of many is so unlimited that we're really seeing these congregations as DAO, decentralized autonomous organization, develop some meme-mentum. Uh, ultimately, I think there's a lot of memes floating around about Nicholas's cage. He's finally going to get the Constitution. Um, extend, instead of going to Nicholas Cage, it's going to get distributed to 8,000 DGENs on a Discord server. <laughs> they still have quite a bit more capital to raise, but I think that given this auction isn't going to happen for a little bit, um, they will reach that around 20 to $25 million that they will need to own the Constitution. But ultimately, that does call into question, where does the Constitution actually go? It's a physical item, and if it belongs to 8,000, 10,000, 12,000 people, who actually gets to hold it? Perhaps they'll open up a museum or some kind of physical location that all of the DAO members can go and visit, and none of the other normies are allowed. This is really the beginning of this kind of technology, this crowdfunding where people can congregate into pseudo-venture capital funds and use their capital how they want. I've never seen anything like this. This is very ambitious, what the Constitution DAO is trying to do, and we'll see if they'll be able to pull it off. It's definitely a unique and ambitious idea. And so to move on to our next and final story for the evening, uh, this will be about Marathon Digital, or Mara. This is one of the Bitcoin mining stocks that we really like. Uh, and it kind of brought the mining sector down quite a bit. So other companies are Riot, Bitfarms, BitDigital, and Hut8. They all kind of went down in a similar momentum. But Mara is the only one that really has a fundamental reason why. They got subpoenaed by the SEC, the Securities Exchange Commission, for basically selling unregistered securities. Uh, they didn't want to go into specific details, uh, but it shows the companies basically sold 6 million shares of restricted common stock in transactions exempt from registration. This was in 2020, and so perhaps they were doing some kind of securities maneuver that they thought was okay, but it turns out it's not. But this does kind of go against their recent plan to uh, raise $500 million in private debt to expand their crypto mining setup. They're definitely one of the most impressive players in the space uh, because I believe they have 500 megawatts in total electricity mining. That No, sorry, 100 megawatt. 100 megawatt facility, which is very impressive, but it's interesting to see that the SEC has caught on to what they were doing with this common stock selling. 
Yeah, definitely pretty wild. Uh, Six million shares doesn't seem like a tr tremendous amount, and it was from all the way from October 2020, but I think it kind of shows you how backlogged the SEC is, because they're uh, going through information from October 2020, and it just goes to show like the massive meme coin market that we had a little bit earlier this year, or even talking about NFTs. The SEC has their hands full, to say the least. So um, them going into files and information from October 2020 is not too surprising. So it'd be interesting to see what other things they uncover with the other equity-related crypto stocks that are high flyers. And um, just to kind of touch on to the crypto-related stocks, GRI is also something that uh, we're talking about within our Discord. I uh, don't want to get too much into that, but we do see some really good opportunities in the equity space for stocks related to crypto. So definitely keep an eye out for that. Obviously, we're in a little bit of a move to the downside. So if you do have high conviction that we will see that final blow off for the end of Q4, for the end of this year, this could be a really good dip opportunity. They haven't dropped a tremendous amount. Uh, for example, like Riot Blockchain falling 6%, Bitfarm is falling 2%. So it's not absolutely crazy. They're not cutting a quarter of its market share or anything like that. But uh, overall, we do still think that could be a really good dip buying opportunity to end off the end of the year looking strong. So thank you. That's basically the end of our podcast. Uh, a lot more bearish news in terms of what we're seeing in the SEC, as well as some of the uh, information we talked about a little bit early on. But um, yeah, I don't think there's that much concern for the foreseeable future. Other than the SEC news, there was a little bit of risk-off behavior with Elon selling his 5 billion shares of Tesla stock. But other than that, I don't really see a massive worry. Like, we're still holding above 60K pretty strong. It would be quite the worry if we do start to see lower lows come in. So if we're breaking below 60K, that would be a quite, a, quite a bit of a worry. But at this point, it still does look like we're just resting on top of the previous high um, and just kind of holding this nice consolidation. So as the time goes closer and closer to the end of the year, it will be more and more of a worry for me, at least personally, because I am anticipating the last basically a month and a half to really get get us closer to the moon, get us closer to that 120, 150, 175k for one Bitcoin. But um, at this point, my view has not changed. Uh, overall market perspective does look still pretty positive. Uh, equity markets looking all right. US bond markets looking more favorable to risk on assets. So uh, although we're seeing a bit of a dip to the downside, my thesis from the large term perspective is relatively unchanged. Yeah, we're both of the same opinion now. We're experiencing some short-term bearish momentum as we test kind of a 60K price point. Uh, but this really does not change our outlook for the rest of the bull market heading into December and January 2022. Obviously, there is always going to be bumps in the road no matter what trajectory you're on. Uh, but we do not think that the bull market's over or anything like that. This is just a healthy retraction, maybe even retesting the previous all-time high to see if there is that demand. Uh, before we continue with our onwards and upwards momentum. So, brief cause for alarm in the very short term, but uh, looking for the outlook for the rest of this bull run, we believe we are sitting more than pretty. Uh, so thank you for tuning in. It is November 15th, 2021. Appreciate the time you have taken to tune in. Stay safe and take care, everyone.